0: Our second reading comes to us from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O God, to the reading of this word. And in hearing it read, may we also live it in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. This actually begins the movement in the Bible that would be categorized as more historical. I don't mean by that completely historical. The Bible is full of all kinds of literature and genre and is not meant to be read or understand, uh, understood as I understand it as a textbook might be that uh, you would read in college. It is bigger than that, deeper than that, fuller than that which may be why when Jesus wanted to answer a question, he would tell a parable, knowing that something in parables, not being historically true, were deep, more deeply true than a fact might be. Even still, I think it would be best understood that the Bible is not so much a history book as it is a book about history. So here now the, the, the gospel. Hear now the text as it comes to us from the book of Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abram, he would become Abraham later, the Lord said to Abram, go, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as did Sarah, with him, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took his wife Sarah and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. This is the word of the Lord. I ran into a little book by an author named Thomas Cahill about 20 years ago. You may have run across him. He wrote a book about the gift of, of Ireland, what Ireland has given us. And another book, the one I'm talking about now, is a book called The Gift of the Jews. The, the subtitle is How a Tribe of Desert Nomads Changed the Way Everyone Thinks and Feels. It's a pretty strong title. A Tribe of Desert Nomads Changed the Way Everyone thinks and feels. The case he makes, the primary point he makes is that the gift from the Jews is the Bible from the Jews. That includes both the Old and New Testaments. The jury's out whether Luke was Jewish or not, but it is clear that all the other writers of the Bible were Jewish, For in the Bible, we are given the span of history that gave us the history in the first place as understood by the Hebrew people beginning in this story in Genesis. What's fascinating about it, it's it's short. It reads like a a short obituary. What? He was simply probably a a Semitic clan chieftain, uh, an Arab who lived in what is now northwest Iraq. Hearing what he thought to be God's voice, called him to go to the place that God would show him, uncertain. And if he did, God would make of him a great blessing, not only to himself and his people, but also to all the peoples of the earth, Perceiving God's voice, calling him to do that, when in those days nobody ever did that, you never left your your homestead, you never left your father's house. It was generational, like the Findigs running pilot boats. (laughs) That's just what each generation does. It was unheard of. Yet, through faith, Abraham gathered up Sarah and his people and talked them into it. You can just kind of hear Arab trying to talk Sarah into this. So uh, you heard who? God, yeah. And uh, what did he say? He said, if you go to the land I'll show you, then you will, I'll make of you a great blessing uh, and all your, all your generations will be great. And, and she kind of raises her eyebrows and says, wait a minute, we're way past fertility here. How's that going to work? Uh, and Abraham says, I don't know, but uh, I'm trusting God's voice, so let's go anyway and find out. And as we know the story, it does work somehow beyond our understanding. And, 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 he, and he did it because the Bible says he had faith, and what he had faith in was simply this. He had faith in the power of history, of a future. And what's so remarkable about this is that all the people in his world around him, the Sumerians, the Mesopotamians, all of those people in Babylon and all of that Middle Eastern culture, they didn't have any idea what history was. They were cyclical people, they lived in circles. The moon waxes and wanes, the sun rises and falls. The seasons come and go, cycle after cycle. You are born, you live, you die. There is no hope for a future. It's just status quo, manage the crops, and hope the, the gods of, uh, of the heavens don't decide to raise havoc on you. There's no hope just to exist, to survive. So at the beginning of this passage in, in Genesis, Abram hears God call uh, him to leave that understanding of circular life to a lineal understanding of history, a past, a present, and a future, and Abraham goes. And all the families of the earth are in process of being blessed. Even if they don't know it, they are, with the calling of Abraham as the primary story, 6 million Jews, 1.6 billion Muslims, and 2.2 billion Christians were born. Western civilization was born with Abram's call. The whole of Western civilization Came into being. Instead of the same old, same old, God says, Go to a place and a future that I will direct you, and then you will. And what we have here is a story, a story that does not deny the past, but takes it seriously, a story that doesn't get us stuck in the present but invites us to be present in it, and a story that looks forward to God's redeeming future and promises of redemption. It's a story that claims that God is in this with us from beginning to end, even though we may not be able to see it nor understand it, a story that shows us that what we do and how we do it matters because we matter as children of God, each and every one of us, each and every one of us with a destiny, each and every one of us with a particular call to serve God in this world in the way God has opened up to us to do it, whatever our gifts are and whatever the environment is that we're called to do it in. This, you see, is what history gives us. It matters. Without this story, of Abraham and Sarah, there would have been no Jews. There would have been no Christ, no Christianity, no church, no Bible. There would have not been the Enlightenment. There would have not been the Reformation. There would have been no history at all. Without it, we would not even have known what a movement is all about. A movement towards something, an abolitionist movement or a prison reform movement or or an anti-war movement or a civil rights movement. These These movements of modern times have all employed the language of the Bible to find their strength. It's it's impossible to understand the great heroes of these movements and heroines, Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth and Mother Jones and Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King and Cesar Chavez and Mandela and just name every single one of them understood the power of the biblical presence of history, that God is in it, and God's will will be done. In fact, democracy has grown out of the Israelite vision that individuals matter because we're made in the image of God. This prompted the pilgrims to cross the ocean the second Red Sea sojourn and start a new world order because they knew God had called them to a place of freedom where everyone would be equal, sort of. Still working on that, but it was the promise. Today we're standing on 76 years of history for St. Simon's Presbyterian Church, and and if you're Jimmy Gash, who has been apparently the member here the longest, that probably sounds like a long time. Thank you, Jimmy, who was in our 830 service for helping to write the first 25 years of our history. Uh, it's really not that long a time, really seventy six years. Um, I, I, I mean. Uh, First Presbyterian in Brunswick was 1867, is that right? Yep, so uh, interesting how they flip over. Um, uh, but here we are, uh, First Presbyterian of Brunswick, Brunswick had, they hatched, matched, patched, and dispatched hundreds of Christian families and even hatched St. Simon's Presbyterian Church. And they did it by faith because they had faith in the future, one year after Auschwitz was liberated, this church was formed. Can you imagine the past that they were, that they were living out of, that past just a year back, and, and this wide open future ahead of them to do something new and good and right in this world? And so they formed a group of women, mostly at Miss Edward Findig's house with Mrs. Tom Ford and Ms. Lou Ward and Mrs. Eugene Verdure and Mrs. W.L. Weeks and Miss Marjorie Neal. Did you catch all that? They're all women. And a couple of men thrown in, just because their wives drug them there. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Mr. B.A. Beard and Mr. Ed Perry and Mr. Harnsberger, the pastor at First Pres in Brunswick gathered together to imagine and dream the possibility of a new congregation here on the island. And you're it 76 years later. And as you read through the history of this church, it becomes apparent that it's not about the ministers, the clergy. It never is. I know you got you to pastor nominating committee working hard and you're all waiting with with bated breath to find out who your new pastor is going to be when he or she comes but it's not about the pastors it's about you the people you are the body of Christ in this church that makes this church what it is in all the ways that you do it pastor or not it's about you The job of the pastor is to simply be the shepherd of you in any way that the pastor can do it. We look back over history of St. Simons. We look back over the history of the United States. We look back over the history of our world, and what we see there is the presence of God's, for lack of any better term, providence. Providence. And what I mean by that is not that God providentially determines and decides every single thing that happens in the world. If so, I've got a a big beef to pick. But that God providentially provides for us what we need to have in order to be healed to be restored, to be redeemed, to get back on our feet and get back into the future. That's what God's providence is all about. It provides for us all that we need in order to live a redemptive and restorative life. This is, this is for me my greatest gratitude to my parents who took our, their kids and me I was one of them, to church. (laughs) They took us to church, first Methodist and then Presbyterian, where I heard this story over and over again, and in a way I wasn't even aware. It became a a part of me, that, that God is in this with us, and that there is always hope. And what scares me so much today is there's so many young people who don't have that story, which may be why depression is so active now. Suicides are up. Did you notice how many young people were gathered on the streets to watch the Queen's burial? I mean, rows and rows and rows of young people, and it it struck me that they are so deeply searching for something beyond TikTok, beyond the immediate, beyond the present. And so they're looking at this traditional, amazing woman and all that goes with the glory of the crown in England, and and they are finding there something that matters. How much more, then, is this story in the Bible important for them to hear? You see, God is always working in places that we don't expect. With Abraham and Sarah in the broken places. With Israel, when, when they had lost their faith in God and God's providence, when they were exiled into Babylon, back to where I, Abraham was, was from, back, back into Babylon, they had no prayer of hope. And Isaiah stands up and says to them, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future when they had no hope or future. You see, as we celebrate our history, it is even more important to relish and rejoice in our future. Whatever that future may bring, good or bad, that is our hope, not what we rest on, but what we move on. Things come and go. Ecclesiastes was clear about that. There is a time for every season. Let them come and go. They will. But we do not lose hope, for the future is God's and not ours. So my prayer for you St. Simon's Presbyterian Church is that for the next 76 years you think more about where you're going than where you've been and that you pray heartily for God to give you the strength to get up to get out there and to help people learn this story and if they are unwilling to learn it then you incarnate this story in your own being and presence you live it out May God go with you, for God surely will. In Christ's name, amen.